listening to heal with sarah livia welcome beautiful this is the podcast where you will learn from world-class guides and experts about all the different healing modalities and self-actualization tools out there to inspire you on your healing and growth journey whatever that looks like i'm your host sarah olivia embodiment pleasure and self-love coach and a somatic healing guide. I am so honored to have you listening. Buckle up, bring an open heart and an open mind, and let's jump in. Welcome back. Thank you for joining me. It's my first solo episode this year. I gave myself the grace of not putting an episode out a couple of weeks ago when it would have been time for me to put one out by myself. Um, And yeah, I've just started probably the kind of deepest learning and transformation journey yet, um, which is kind of crazy to say because it's already been a pretty long road. Um, I'm studying with Leila Martin. I'm studying her Vita methodology, which will allow me um, to work very deeply in the realms of love, sex and relationships. So I'm very excited about that. And I'm learning a huge amount at the moment. So I'm coming to you with, as always, an open heart. I'm also coming to you with a full delicious cup of hot chocolate, which I made myself to ease a little bit of my procrastination and perfectionism. I find that when I introduce pleasure into my work, it really makes it a lot easier. So that's something that you can take away already. And if that's all you take away, perfect. Um, Leo is with me in the room. He's playing. If you hear a little whizzing ball, that's, that's him. He might start meowing at me. Um, but that's okay. That's life. He's a very precious little soul. So I (laughs) let him do what he wants. I am going to talk today about a topic that's really just been kind of fizzing around on my mind the last couple of weeks Um, and you know I fully admit that these aren't necessarily the most fully formed thoughts kind of perfect ideas but um, part of this episode is about moving away from perfectionism moving away from external um, sources of power and validation and finding your kind of inner inner wisdom and inner power and inner resource so I want to talk about uh what I want to talk about today is why do we give away our power right um this first came to me in the context of the first week the orientation week of my training 
And my teacher, Layla, was talking about how important it is at every step of the journey that we take with her to hold ourselves in our own power, in our own sovereignty. And that no matter what is asked of us in the training, and no matter what is told to us, that we ultimately are the only ones that can decide whether that feels true for us in terms of how we want to practice. Um, A lot of the practices that we do are deeply powerful, vulnerable, intimate. And also, it was so incredibly refreshing to me to be in, you know, to be in a context, in a learning context with someone who is the most, I would say, spiritually developed and practiced person I've ever met or learned from. Just taking a little hot chocolate sip. If you have a hot chocolate, I don't know why you would, but also I don't know why you wouldn't. Have a sip. And I was deeply admiring and appreciative of the fact that she made it so abundantly clear that she is not in any way above or superior to those of us in the training, that she is not here to tell us what is right or wrong, what is true for us, that she's only here to offer what she knows, she's only here to offer the practices. Um, And for us to trust what feels true to us, to trust our own power, to trust our embodied consent, which is hugely important and something that I've noticed in my work and in my life and when I look around, something that we really struggle to tune into. And so I've been considering and reflecting why this is, like why do we relinquish our own power? And I just wanted to offer some thoughts and contexts around that in the hope that it sparks a little bit of interest, brings you into your own journey of discovering your power, your inner wisdom. So I think the kind of key crux of this issue is not being taught, not being kind of encouraged to tune inwards, right? Our education um, systems, especially, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the kind of Western education, of course, I don't have experience of every single um, global education system, but our, you know, the education system that I grew up with is all about external knowledge, learning things you don't already know, doing what the teacher tells you, tells you to, completing assignments, um, being obedient, fulfilling obligations, um, yeah, gaining new knowledge, bringing knowledge in. The idea that we have innate wisdom and power, which is something that we can learn to tune into and uncover, is not something that we are taught, right? And, you know, when I'm talking about power, I'm talking, I guess, to a degree about intuition, 
inner wisdom, inner knowledge, inner truth. I'm also talking about, you know, very real choices, um, very real kind of life context. So I think, you know, one of the prime examples of this is in the medical world, right? Like we probably all know somebody who has had an experience where they have maybe been misdiagnosed, diagnosed too late, continually told to go away when they go to the doctor about something. My own rather um, painful kind of example of that is my mum was misdiagnosed, failed to be diagnosed. Um, She didn't fail the doctors. lab laboratories actually failed to diagnose her with cervical cancer for 15 years and she knew that something was wrong but at the same time she was of a generation where if you have a white coat and you're called a doctor like you know best right so she was going every year to her smears she was going to the gynecologist like she knew something was wrong but she didn't push it to the extent that she maybe could have right and that's a really extreme example, but, you know, it is, um, you know, a very real world example of how this can happen, you know, how we can give away our power and how incredibly um, damaging that can be, right? Um, you know, another prime example of that is, of course, within our sexuality. And I think that one of the one of the main issues with this, and this is something that, you know, we could dissect endlessly because sexual culture and um, representation and the standard sexual narrative is deeply contact, deeply, not deeply complex, deeply patriarchal, um, and not something that, you know, I'm going to kind of dissect the entire history of today. Please excuse my hot chocolate pauses. It feels inauthentic to edit those out (laughs) so when it comes to our sexuality and relinquishing our sexual power obviously there's two elements to this the standard narrative when it comes to um, especially heterosexual relationships is that women need to trade sex in order to receive protection and resources um maybe also sometimes status and power, but mostly, you know, food and shelter. That, along with the fact that we are brought up with, conditioned with a huge amount of sexual shame around self-pleasure, around the idea that actually we are the ones that should and can be supplying ourselves with the most sexual pleasure and ecstasy um and that that's really the step that comes before having deeply satisfying sexual encounters with other people because we are taught that touching ourselves that experiencing pleasure learning our own bodies and our own pleasure is wrong and we are taught that somebody else will come and give us that fulfillment and that pleasure and also especially as women we are taught that we have to, to some degree, relinquish 
our sexuality, relinquish sexual experiences in order to receive something in return, you know, on like a very base level, like that's something that we are conditioned to believe. These two things in hand just means that mean that we have so little kind of context and encouragement around sexual empowerment. And that just, for me, kind of spills out into so many different areas of life. So why are we shamed around owning our sexuality? Why are we not taught to tune into our physical, emotional, energetic wisdom, to resource our own co-creative power that can exist within us, co-creative with the universe, with life. I'm sure there are many theories around this, but something that I have been learning about more and more recently, which deeply fascinates me, is the rise and the perpetuation of patriarchal, spiritual, and religious culture. So before the church, before any of its counterparts, any of its equivalents across the world, before also even more kind of um, recent forms of yoga, there were ancient practices and philosophies around accessing our own innate divinity as humans. And ways that we could do this were through ecstatic ritual practices um, like sacred sexuality practices. That's obviously one of the kind of very powerful ways that we can access like the enormous potential of our energy bodies. Um, Ecstatic dance is one of the most ancient practices. plant medicine and what's so interesting right is if you look at these things if you say ritual if you say ecstatic dance if you say plant medicine if you say sacred sexuality practices tantric sex all of those things will ring an alarm bell of wrong shameful right where does that come from that comes from the rise subsequent to these traditions being practiced for a really long time the rise of patriarchal spiritual control, which basically said, no, you do not access the divine. You do not access sacred power in yourself. No, you have to come to this institution where this man will tell you about it. And so we basically became divorced from our own sacredness, from our own element of the divine. And it doesn't really matter how you feel or experience that, right? Like, I'm not necessarily talking about God. I'm really just talking about the energy of the universe that exists in all living things. And we have that, of course, within us. And we can access it and harness it. And these energies are the source of our kind of greatest power when we are fully accessing embodying this part of ourselves or i mean this part this is all of us right when we are fully accessing and embodying our power our energy we have so much more creativity clarity of thought deep 
experiences of love, intuition, right? Discipline, all of these things can be cultivated through an access to our energy bodies. But we have become so completely divorced from these, right? So what I see again and again is so much kind of dissociation really from this power from this part of ourselves and that can result you know that can be a result of so many different things that can be a result of kind of unsafety or trauma that we um you know especially experience lock uh, shutdown emotional energetic shutdown numbness and these are things that need to be healed on a somatic level um but also these are elements that really through just the world that we live in right um we are encouraged towards this kind of shutdown. Like everything in our environment is helping us move towards this shutdown and this dissociation and detachment um, from our power. So I kind of see it as this like very holistic, um, you know, this holistic problem spanning so many different contexts and so many, so many different kind of timelines. Um, and it's obviously a vast topic for me to dive into. But I feel like we're doing an okay job so far. If you think I'm insane, that's totally fine. You can message me or tell me or don't, you know, whatever. Um, Yeah. So I'm just going to let you sit with that for a moment. I'm going to take a sip of hot chocolate and ground myself in where I want to move on to next. So I'd really love to talk about feminine power, especially. So I'm going to be, you know, incredibly clear. Patriarchal world culture is wildly damaging for men, women, and non-binary people, right? It's damaging for all of us. It's ultimately fear and control um, and... I could have basically just started this podcast and be like, why do we surrender our power? Because patriarchy. Um, But that would have made a really short and uninspiring podcast. Do you ever have that where you have like a sip of hot chocolate? Mine is now, mine's delicious, but it's like now got that kind of milk film. It's oat milk, but I guess it does the same thing, like normal milk in that way, where you have a sip of hot chocolate and then you immediately need water afterwards. I have that. So I want to talk about... um, the feminine power element especially so it's very difficult as a woman or feminine being to feel resourced in power to feel connected in power when we live in a world that is completely not designed (laughs) for us to be in that power right so like the feminine is very grounded in the body firstly and we have been taught to detach from our bodies like sex is dirty the bodies are dirty it's primitive it's base mind is closer to mind and intellect is more holy right and the body is primal and base doing things with our body primal and base feminine lives so much in the body masculine does as well but feminine is so in the body and 
when we are not attaching, when we are not connected to and embodied, it's very difficult as feminine beings to really tap into our power. When we are especially disconnected from our sexuality and pleasure and our pussy, which is, I mean, literally a life-creating force and is the kind of root of all of the rest of our energy body. So if you look at the chakra system, your root chakra is the first one and that's the pelvic floor. Um, And if that is blocked, then you are looking at a blockage in all of the rest of the chakras, right? Um, You know, the chakras are just a really beautiful system to understand on quite an accessible level, I would say, like how energy can work and where different areas in the body that you might feel blockage kind of correspond to in terms of how that manifests in your life. Something I see again and again is this disconnection from pleasure, this making wrong of desirability, of desire, of owning and prioritizing pleasure and mapping onto that within women and feminine beings a real disconnect and blockage in the throat and in the ability to express. And this is something I see constantly in my work. Um, I can't tell you the number of conversations I've had with clients or um, students who so badly want to express and say what they want and speak up, but they are physically unable to because of how strong this energetic block is. So we see this kind of pattern building of an inability to speak up, to express, an inability to ask for what you want, an inability to kind of connect to pleasure and power um, within women and feminine beings. And that is just such a such a common pattern, such a common experience. And I think it also to a degree comes, you know, it comes back to this question of um, sexual shame and repression and everything that I mentioned at the start but it also comes down to unfortunately living in a world and living in an environment which is not set up for us to be able to safely respect and honor embodied consent right so there's consent in terms of sexuality um, where you know of course so many most probably people men and women and non-binary people have will have experienced at some point to some degree a moment of saying yes to something physically that maybe was actually not an embodied yes and because we are not taught to drop in and to actually listen and we're not taught that it's safe really to say no because if you think about this kind of the conditioning that most of us have we are taught to be obliging, right? We're taught to want to make people happy. Um, And, you know, within work culture as well, it's not really allowed. Like, it sounds ridiculous probably for me to say, like, if you wake up and you're just like, oh God, I feel like it's not in any way an embodied yes for me to work. Like, you can't do that. That's like an absurd notion. Um, 
but like that would kind of be our natural state right to be able to tune in and to move more intuitively through our lives so I think that there's there's so many layers to this right and um in a way it's almost easier because the world that we live in is so poorly set up for us to experience our power and actually live it out and experience you know truth and live it out it's almost easier right to just kind of outsource and just be told what to do um and we're so terrified we're taught to be so terrified to get things wrong to say the wrong thing to do the wrong thing um you know we're kind of taught to doubt what we sort of already know about how to live our lives um and it's in in a way quite comforting for the kind of inner perfectionists which is essentially more just kind of fear of deep deep fear of failing it's quite comforting to just outsource and say like please yes tell me tell me what to do and this is what I love and I'm kind of circling back to this piece on ancient spiritual practices this is what I love about the ancient traditions of holding ritual space and creating an environment where people can tap into their inner sacred their inner power their inner divinity whatever you want to call it because it really was not about the space holder these space holders very often were women and yes they were high priestesses they were wildly powerful space holders but it wasn't about them right it was not they were not gurus um and i think that's something that i deeply appreciate at this stage in my life where i have for so long in my work especially tried to bypass getting in touch with my own power um it's actually kind of funny now that I think about it how deeply pervasive the pattern I had was of trying to avoid having to do it by myself and to just sit with what I knew to be true and to create from a place of deep embodied yes and that's now what I'm doing what I'm learning to do and holy fuck that feels a lot better um but I also totally have so much compassion for the me who wanted a business partner for the me who needed and wanted to like have so much guidance from different business coaches especially or um who so deeply doubted that I could do what I am doing now that I you know went into completely misaligned projects and um yeah work like like professional situations that were just so not at all where I should be because it's terrifying (laughs) like it is it is really scary to just be like no this isn't it, this isn't the truth, like, for me, so this is now what I'm doing, and, um, 
yeah it's a journey for sure this is definitely one of my more free flowy episodes but i'm i'm vibing and i hope you are too (laughs) obviously this is for you um they are all to say how do we come back to our power we come back into our bodies we learn to tap into our energy bodies we learn where our blockages lie we learn to accept embrace embody those we learn to deeply listen to what our embodied yes is to what our embodied no is we learn to tap into the incredible potential for ecstatic experiences for ecstatic peak experiences we learn to accept and welcome all parts of life because if we are scared of parts of our lives if we reject them then we can't experience the fullness of the beautiful parts right and we don't relinquish our power fully right we show up at the doctor's office ready to advocate for ourselves right we remember that like no one else is here to save us no one else is here to do it for us and if you have a teacher or a coach or a therapist knowing that your intention and the way that you show up in that is you know hugely determinant of how that will go And in my work, I always say, you know, to my clients, like, this is co-creative. We are creating this art together. I'm here to hold the space. I'm here to offer you the practices and offer you all of my knowledge and all of my loving presence and support. But ultimately, you never have to do anything that isn't a yes, yeah? Ultimately, you decide when you're ready for what and you decide on your pace and that's kind of how I set up my one-on-one container all of you which is a four-month healing expansion journey it's quite hard to summarize it um because it's hard to summarize it because it's not overly structured because it really has to follow the inner knowing of the person whose journey it is um yeah I'm gonna leave you with that my deep wish and intention is that this has inspired some thoughts maybe some follow-up questions I will do another deeper dive episode on ancient sacred sexuality practices and high priestess work which is also witch work witchcraft um And the history of that, because it's fascinating. um, And I find deeply empowering, no matter who you are. But for now, be in your power. I love you. And I have a beautiful guest episode for you next week. Thank you so much for spending your time listening to this episode of Heal with Sarah Olivia. I appreciate every moment that you spend with us here if you would like to connect with me further you can follow me on instagram heal with sarah olivia or on my website heal with sarah 
all very straightforward. You can find all of the links to my work and our guests' work in the show notes below. If you'd like to support this podcast and my work, I would be so grateful if you would follow this podcast, rate it on whichever platform you use and you can also tag me when you share this on your social media and you will be in with a chance of winning a tailored one-on-one breath journey with me finally the beautiful music that you have heard is by my friend Ali Reza Abdullahi so thank you so much to him for that beautiful piece of work have a lovely day sending you so much love